0: The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm one with the Force of Forces with me. We'll use the Force. That's not how the Force
1: works. Well,
0: that's start somewhere. Welcome to the Kybercast, everybody. This is episode number 37, recorded February 4th, 2020. My name is Joe Becker. I'm one of your hosts. With me, as always, is my good friend, Michael Diaz. Michael, how are you this evening?
1: I'm fantastic. I think I only say I'm fantastic or excellent, so maybe I need to change that up. Yeah, why can't you just be crappy once? hmm
0: uh, because I'm too. I mean, awesome. we're really we're are we really just lying? Are we? When we're? I mean, I'm I, I feel good today. I'm a little tired, but I feel good. But a lot of these shows, they just lie. I don't think they're really happy. I'm fairly happy. We're gonna talk about these particular. For about I'm two hours so. It's not to be. Yeah, I'm talking podcast podcasts in general. I think they just kind of. Yeah, I I wonder how people get hyped up. <laughs> We were just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> fairly tired today. We, and I'm trying to get hyped up. And I am hyped up because we've got a couple great topics to talk about. Um, one of which I'm going to let Michael talk about really quick is there is a, an event happening here in Grand Rapids this weekend. That is the Byron Center Recreational Comic Con. And I know Michael's going. I'm going to try and get there and check out this uh, small little con and give them some support. Michael, would, uh, give me a little info on that. So, FYI, as Joe had noted, there is a Comic-Con in Byron Center. It looks like it's
1: it's called the Byron Rec Comic-Con. So, it looks like it's taking place in their Rec Center. Um, There's a small account. I think they got about 40-ish tables. Uh, it doesn't look like they have any panels or anything. I could be wrong, but I'm not seeing anything on their Facebook page about that. So, really, it's more mm-hmm. about people just cosplaying and vendors. So, it's it's kind of like... It's a comic con kind of garage sale. It's like an indoor garage sale. I don't know if you're in the Grand Rapids area. Perhaps you're familiar with the Geek Garage Sale. Um, last one I went to was over at the Comic Signal, where there are a whole bunch of vendors, right. and it's just people. It's they're selling geek stuff, comics, you know, on anime toys. I'm going to see more of that this weekend. So are you? But you know, I like geek stuff, so. Why not?
0: Hey, good for them. Good for them to pulling their own show together. Good for them to getting the community together, a small one, and that's great. That's how, you know, big things start by little things, and you know, good for them. I don't know where that fits in. You know, the Grand Rapids Comic Con is growing every year. I see that Grand Rapids Comic Con is actually a vendor there, so I'm sure we'll probably stop by that table, see if there's any deals, and maybe we'll go back to Grand Rapids Comic Con. That would be worth it. But i like this to have a little different setup than last time. But yeah. um yeah.
1: Don't go into it thinking it's going to be anything like Grand Rapids Comic Con. I mean, that has oh, no, exploded no, no, no. in size. This is this is literally a community rec room. So, yeah, you could,
0: I would assume you could rip through this thing in an hour. Exactly. And so that's cool.
1: If you're interested, Joe and I will be there at some point. Um, I'm probably going to head a little bit later, not too late, because it's only from ten to three on Saturday, February eighth. And in case like. All right, we're doing basically free advertisement for him, even though we're not getting paid at all. I mean, it's it's fine. We're just trying to support the geek cause. Especially in our own backyard. That's that's what we're about. Yep. So once again, 10 a.m. till 3 p.m. Uh, it's at the Byron Rec, uh, Rec Center. Um, it's at 2120 76th Street Southwest in Byron Center, Michigan. So if uh, you see a large geek and a shorter geek... Wander around with Kybercast
0: pins and stickers. It's probably us. Probably. All right. Now let's talk this about something that, that really piqued my interest and in, uh, more so than the actual game and the crappy halftime show. Um, Marvel. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're so old, Joe. You're so old. Dude, dude don't tell me you like that nonsense. That was I nonsense, that halftime. Like Nonsense. Did. Yeah. I bought I
1: waited th- in line to buy her first English language album at Best Buy when it came out.
0: Yeah, that's great. Not that against her, but I, if I wanted to see Lip Syncing, I can watch other people.
1: And then- oh, yeah. I, let's put it this way. You know, ever since the infamous, you know, uh, wardrobe malfunction incident all those years ago now, um, the Super Bowl is going to play it safe. And, I honestly I think the best performance in the last 10, 15 years was probably when Prince played. And I don't know that we'll see better than that sometime.
0: Not that uh, this is the what? topic this,
1: or the focus of the this, this,
0: this is one time you and I absolutely agree. Really? Oh Prince is one of my favorites.
1: Wow. I he's I mean there's nothing there's nothing to like about him. The guy was the guy had more talent in his the tip of his pinky than I do in my whole body, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: He was uh, definitely something, and I was I was uh, lucky to see him in the Purple Rain tour at that time when I was a kid. So, great tour. Anyways, during the Super Bowl, Marvel released a quick 30-second, because it's pretty expensive in the Super Bowl, 30-second uh, clip of three shows that are coming out, or two shows, sorry. No, three shows, because it had Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and it had WandaVision and Loki.
1: Incorrect, all three um, shows, yep
0: i mean they were very, i mean they didn't show anything a storyline they basically got everybody hyped up it was a hype reel uh letting people know that it's happening um and you know i got hyped it was you know finally uh bucky got his hair cut so that's interesting there's a whole new look <laughs>
1: i did see that yep and we saw so it begins with anthony mackey's falcon practicing mm-hmm. with captain America's shield
0: Which was a great reveal. I mean, having the shield in the tree and just the arms reach out, getting it again. I mean, um, now the question is, is his character, is he super soldiered? Because I'm not not sure even in the comics he was. You could maybe shed some light on that. So, obviously, Bucky has been through some kind of
1: enhancement through Russia. Correct. Right. Right. Or the Soviet Union. I should be more specific. The Soviet Union. Right. Um, Anthony Mackie, as we saw in... um, What was it? Um, The second Captain America movie, um, which I can't remember the title of suddenly. But um, remember, they ran into each other,
0: literally ran at the beginning of the film. And he was just. uh, No, I get that. Like, I'm I'm not talking about back then, but did something happen between Endgame and this? Because he threw that shield pretty damn strong to get it all the way into a tree. So that that kind of threw me off, because he would not have that kind of strength. I don't care how good that shield is.
1: True, but remember, Vibranium is super light and super strong. So, now you're right, he does not have Captain America's power. So, as, as far as I know, in the comics, and I could be wrong, and like I said, this is the internet, so I'm going to make my statement, and if I'm wrong, people will come at me. But I'm not aware of any super soldierization of him at all. He has always been the Falcon. You know, his his gist is mm-hmm. that he's, you know, got that, got a little bit of an exoskeleton in the flight suit. And that's it. That's, that's what makes him Falcon. So, even when the Falcon became Captain America in the comics, he pretty much kept a Falcon-esque costume that also was Captain America. Right. So, I don't know that he's going to be any stronger, but who knows? I mean, this is the movies. There could be something, but... I, as to answer your question, I don't think he has been super soldierized.
0: Well, yeah, I was just curious if the um maybe there's something in between. I don't I mean, I don't know. Just looked like it looked like it from the um that particular throw. Uh, yep. I mean clearly. So we saw Falcon. The, we definitely no, saw, we saw Falcon. Soldier. Yeah. Soldier. And we saw um the evil dude from Oh, what movie was he? I can't remember. Was it Civil War? Civil War. At the end, when he drops the bullets, and that's the the same guy. Baron Baron Zemo. Yeah, Baron Zemo. So he's in there, so he plays a part. But did you see who else we saw? uh, Sharon Carter?
1: No. Well, maybe, but that's not who I'm alluding to. Did you not see the character walking... Up to the like, there's the whole the band and all that stuff, and the red, white, and blue. And you see a guy wearing a newer version of the Captain America costume, but we only saw him from the back.
0: Yeah, I I just assumed it was uh the um, what's his name the Falcon guy.
1: Nope, is it, it was it? a white dude.
0: I'm going to the to this frame. Is it Captain America? I mean, who would it be? You tell me. Well supposed to be Captain America. Well, I've got it stopped on there. And and the person it's like it looks like a Super Bowl or something. Yeah. So
1: if But you read the it comments. has an
0: A. Yeah, well I have it. So you, you got okay, me on this, this one. What is it? This
1: is a throwback to the eighties. So in the eighties, Captain America, basically the US government said the super soldier program was a U.S. program. So right. you're going to now be a super soldier for the U.S. and do our building, bidding. And Steve Rogers said, and now. So he quit being Captain America and took up a costume that was similar, but black, red and white. And he just became the captain. And they took his... This is post-Civil War. Well, no, this is this took place in the 80s, so this is all before Civil War.
0: Okay. I so they're borrowing okay.
1: elements from from comics back in the '80s. Okay. Okay. And then John Walker became Captain America, but the government's Captain America, and it looks like they're borrowing from that storyline in the '80s, kind of wedging into the storylines they had um, in the comics where Falcon became Captain America, and kind of mishmashing them together. So. It looks like they've given a costume to John Walker and the government is going to reassert itself and basically say, which makes sense, you know, from the Wakovia Accords and mm-hmm. General Ross. I can see them wanting to take the opportunity of still having that standard bearer because Captain America, everyone knows him. He's a great hero. So let's now make him a government operative.
0: Right cuz nobody knows his identity technically other than us as viewers but the people don't. Correct as far as I know correct. So so they're they're that, making like a shadow not a shadow but a figurehead. Yes. Okay, he's, he's supposed th- 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 to be
1: the new Captain America. We'll see what happens cuz what in the comics eventually Steve Rogers took the mantle back but that's not going to happen this time cuz Chris Evans is out of contract.
0: Right. For now.
1: So, what I like about the fact that they included him, it adds an element of, I don't know what's going to go on. Because, like I said, in the comics, Captain America retired, or was, was no longer going to be Captain America for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, gave it to Falcon. But now that they've thrown in John Walker, will Falcon actually become Captain America? I still suspect by the end of this season, he will be. But right. who knows? So, there's there's an element of unknown that I like about this now.
0: Because I don't know what's gonna happen. So I guess that's being played by Wyatt Russell. John Walker is. Yep. Who well, I don't know who that is, but
1: Which is fine, because even if he does become the captain or become Captain America, I mean he later he later took the Steve Rogers costume when he was the captain and he I don't he didn't become the captain, he became US agent. Mm-hmm. And then that, that his costume's changed a bunch of times, but like I said, for a while he was Captain America so maybe that'll happen in, in this show as well. I'm curious and I'm interested.
0: Yeah. That'd be interesting. So the second thing that they, that popped up on this was the WandaVision which looks bizarre. I'm, I'm actually fairly intrigued with this. I mean, it looks like they, she pops up into various sitcoms from maybe our own lifetime. It looks like maybe like a, a Mork and Mindy I see in there and I see uh, as I go through these little um, I'm trying to do the actual.
1: Oh yeah, there are definitely like, callbacks to Yeah, exactly. Sixties, seventies, eighties—they covered all.
0: Right, um, from you know maybe you have Lucy, I don't know, or or it looks like you know leave it to Beaver or something. So we have no idea what the I I mean I I can't tell what this thing's going to be about. It's it's if if it's the dream state of of um vision and. Maybe it's kind of a before he's dissolved or, or it says memory in a computer in Wakanda or something. Who knows? It'd be interesting if that's what it was. And at the end of this series, Vision is back. I know that it's supposed to have a tie-in to Doctor Strange that's coming up and the multiverse. the cra- Crazy, whatever the heck, the name of that. Uh, multiverse movie. of Madness. Yeah, Multiverse of Madness. Um, this looks cool, though. I mean, I, I think this is a nice departure. Maybe it'll it'll show something that, you know, it's not a retread of something. It looks like a, a very interesting experience, and I hope that it's good. I hope it's good. Well, so do I. And what I like too about the fact that it's a TV show, they have a little bit more room to
1: experiment, unlike they would in a film. You know, you, when it comes to superhero films, yeah, you can you can play with the genre, and you can even go outside the genre a bit, which the Marvel films have done. But at the end of the day, they're still superhero films, which. I don't know that you'd want to take a risk like this with WandaVision as a film. So I like that they can take this weird concept, which is it happening in her mind? Where's it going on? But as you said, it ties into Dr. Strange and the madness of the multiverse on the multiverse of madness or whatever, which one it is. So is, yeah. is she shifting through different universes? Is, are these all realities or is it all in her head? Again, it looks trippy as heck.
0: But I'm in. Yeah, I'm totally in all the way. And you know what's funny too? With what what, three three seconds at the end of this thing, and I want that more than all the shows. And that's the low key. (laughs) Yes, that was. I mean, quite the end. It ended. Like not even three seconds. I mean, Hiddleston has just captured one of the greatest characters. I mean, he he's still the best villain in my opinion, out of better than any other villains that have been through all the Marvel series in, in the last 10 years, 11 years, I think. When, because you just care about him, you know? And it, I think I, w- I was bummed more when he died than almost any other character other than, you know, um, Black Widow, you know? So, I don't know. I, I'm i so looking forward to the Loki series. And I'm glad that that Tom, I think I think from what I've seen in his social feeds and he's great on Instagram. If any you guys want to follow, you should follow Tom Hiddleston on Instagram. Um, he seems to really enjoy playing this role. It doesn't look like one of those, you know, where people get like, Oh, I'm stuck in this, you know, crazy, goofy kids role. And it's not, I think he's embraced it. And certainly something it looks like he enjoys playing. And I sure as hell enjoy watching him play it. I,
1: degree not agree more. He seems to relish the role. Whereas, you know, at some point, you know, obviously they may have played him a little bit longer. Well, maybe not, but mm-hmm. Chris Evans and Anthony, um, not Anthony, sorry, Robert, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I would say Anthony Stark. <laughs> obviously, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr., they put their time in. They want to move on to other things, and that's fine. I And I'm glad that chris hemsworth sticking around for a bit who knows how long but loki you're right he's such an interesting character and you're right there's no better villain i don't think in the marvel universe and it's because like you said he's relatable you feel for him yeah you know yeah in the second thor movie dark world when you know their mother died and he was distraught yeah and you think you know he you know he even faked the look of his cell like he was fine, but then when he got rid of the, you know, Mirage, he had destroyed everything because he was so distraught. Right.
0: That was, I a, mean, that was a huge reveal.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it really seemed like he came around, and then you actually thought he was dead, and then you find out, oh, he took over the place of Odin, and he's still Loki. Because right. there's like, you feel for the guy, and then he does that. And then, then he kind of finally was redeemed in Thor, And then he dies in the first few seconds of Infinity War.
0: Yeah, the thing is, it's not about yeah. It's not the thing about Loki that's great is that he is at the end of the day self-serving, always will be. If it helps, if it helps to help the heroes for him, he'll do it. If it helps not to, he'll do it. And that's why it's intriguing. It's not. Yes, he had grand plans to rule, and you know, didn't win. But uh, I just love that character, and it's it's you know the the guy smiles and you're done, right? I mean, he's like that, that's right. Loki, good to go. So another thing that
1: I love, I don't know, if you speak about him being on Instagram. If you get the opportunity, do a YouTube search for Tom Hiddleston doing his Owen Wilson impression.
0: Oh, I've seen that. That's hilarious. That's <laughs> pretty good.
1: And, so, and no, so what's funny, even funnier now. That Orrin Wilson was just cast for an undisclosed role on Loki. Right. Wow. So, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see where it goes. I'm I'm in. in, You're right. Two, three seconds of scene, and all he has to do is say, I'm going to burn this place down.
0: Yep. I'm in 100%. Absolutely. So that being said, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier will debut this August, according to um, Disney. And WandaVision should be premiering sometime in December. And they didn't give a release date for Loki yet, but probably sometime in twenty twenty one. Um before let's see, so the the other thing that they showed was a full preview of Black Widow on the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, didn't really see a lot more. I mean, a few more seconds of scenes we've already seen in the other trailers so far.
0: Yeah, the explanations but- were a little better though about family and before I was with the Avengers. I think yes. it was it was definitely written for people that are not you and I. It was written like, hey, there is another Avengers movie, or there's a Black Widow movie coming out, and she was an Avenger, and and we have to tell them it's a prequel because she's dead. You better say it, you know. Be- you know, um, it's a bit like you know. I'm wondering if people. Are going to be a bit confused, like they were with Rogue One, which I was never confused. But there were a ton of people that saw Rogue One and thought it was right. It was the sequel to uh, Force Awakens, believe it or not. There was plenty, oh, yeah. and because they just weren't clear, or they thought they were clear, and you know they weren't. But I'm I'm wondering that's that's really what they, I think they were trying to get out of the way for the Super Bowl. I can see that, and
1: but even still, people are going to go in and go. I thought she was dead. How is this possible?
0: Yeah. So. You can't get everyone. Those are the people that live in Kansas City, Kansas.
1: <laughs> you know, Kansas City, Kansas is a real place. It's just not where it's they not play where football. The Chiefs play. Right. Right. Sorry. So, the only real big reveal, if you will, in the thirty-second Black Widow spot. Did you catch it? Um. You know what? Not really. They showed Taskmaster again.
0: Oh. Did you catch that scene? i didn't catch it but i you you spoke about that before i should probably go back i watched it i zipped through the super bowl because we were out late and didn't quite see everything so right uh, just the gist is his shields
1: on the ground and he he stomps on it and kicks it up just like steve rogers does as captain america right so the internet went a little crazy over that and i i didn't i was like well yeah that pulled, that plays right into his powers.
0: Right, he if pulled, he sees you do it. Yeah. yeah, he can do it too. Right. So it, it'll be interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to the, to the movie as we talked about before. So it was a good good snippet. It's for the the new people to let them know that you know Black Widow's coming and it's about her past a bit. Her past played out in the slight future right before Endgame. I'm assuming has right. to be. So that. Is what we oh one more snippet of news uh, for Star Wars as we have the Mandalorian season two is gonna be coming this October. It's been announced today Excellent. as well. So October will be the second season, and there's a possible potential Mandalorian spin-offs and or already a third season on being pre productioned. Um, they did talk about our I, this is on Iger's uh, business call that the quarterly call, the earnings call. And which they tell people why you should invest in this because this is coming out. Um, Cassie Andor's series is still coming out. And yes, Ewan McGregor's Obi Wan Kenobi is still coming out. There's some production delays, but it is not canceled. So I don't have to uh, cry.
1: Yeah, but it's not even filming until 2021, right?
0: Uh, they didn't say that.
1: They didn't okay. say that. So. Did they say when?
0: Cassie and Andor shows coming on? They have not even started filming it? They I believe they've started uh getting close to filming. They have not started filming yet, from what I understand. So we'll see. Okay. I mean it's a it's a mess. I mean it's really funny to me when and I don't want to go down this road too because we 'cause we've we've butchered this room, but this route this road. Uh it seems like Marvel's got its ducks in a row and Star Wars does not you know and so there's things are going to happen I did another goofy thing I guess there's a I guess George Lucas had a cameo in in um, the, the latest Star Wars film so Rise of Skywalker oh really yeah so I, I read something somewhere and he has a cameo so I know oh, I gotta go find it and it's playing at the
1: well he definitely didn't have anything to do with the story
0: um, not true. I guess he worked with... <laughs> I'm
1: just teasing. Yeah. I'm just fucking with you. Yeah.
0: Anyways, onwards, since we brought the word star up, let's talk about Picard wow. season one, episode two. Um, I thought it was a really, really good episode. You're starting to get into some politics here, which is nice for this. I mean, this really really... Maybe you can help me answer this too. Um. Is Starf- well? Starfleet is behind some of this, right? Like from what I gathered, about the the killing of the of Data's sister, or has a hand in it, or knew about it. All right. Well, let's let's say it right now. Spoiler town. Oh, spoiler yeah. alerts.
1: So, I don't know if Starf if it's Starfleet necessarily,
0: or just has the a people, hand in it. just so, the people in it.
1: Right. So. What do we mean? We, so we learned, if you're a Star, a Star Trek geek, you've heard the term Tal Shiar before, which is just the Romulan secret police. We we touched on that last episode. Right. Well, this being a new Star Trek show, of course they have to add a new wrinkle. And now we heard, learn of the Zat Vash, who is the secret secret police. <laughs> yeah. So... Is Starfleet involved? Well, the Commodore we met, who appears to be Vulcan, I'm assuming she has some Romulan sympathies. Right. I don't think she's a disguised Romulan, because I do not think the Federation would let that happen. Maybe she is. We'll find out over the course of the show. I got the impression that she was a sympathetic Vulcan. But what was the character's name again? I didn't catch her name. I saw that she was Commodore. I didn't catch her name. Okay. Because, you know, the, the Admiral called her up to basically bitch about Picard. Right. And then the Commodore called in her aide, who her aide is 100% a Romulan disguised as a human.
0: Well, that's... And, right, because that's the one guy's the like, sister or something, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Rizzo, that's the
1: scientist Romulan. I'm looking it up on
0: Wikipedia right now. Right, it's uh, Narek is the guy that's kind of keeping tabs on Data's daughter number two. Correct. The Scottish Romulan. So, is he Scottish? I don't know. <laughs> I think he has like a weird
1: accent or something. I think he's British, which was funny because you've got the two Romulans working with Picard, obviously refugees that live and work with him Mm -hmm. and that was the first time i've ever heard a romulan with a with an irish accent like that Mm -hmm. which it's fine i I get that they're played by actors from around the u.s or another excuse me around the world um and that's fine it's just it, it took me out of the show just a little bit just because i'm like she definitely has a wonderful irish accent that's the first time I'd heard Romulans speak Romulan. So, Rom- uh, qu- question for you:
0: th- This goes back to the last episode a bit in timeline, right? We're we're off the JJ timeline, right? Whatever that at this point in time. So, is Vulcan gone in this universe still? No, no, no. So, okay. So, we
1: explained this a little bit last episode, right? When Spock and the Romulans went back in time, it created an alternate timeline. Right. So. What happened in the Kelvin verse has not happened here. So, in this universe, Vulcan still exists.
0: Okay. I wasn't sure which one we were following. Even last time, I thought, like, oh, this is everything we've done now is based off the JJ line. Like, since. Well, it is, in out. that
1: it, it extends after the JJ, but they were very vehement that when they went back in time, they didn't change history, they created an alternate timeline that's going to follow through on its own.
0: Right. I didn't know which timeline we were on with this, I guess is what I'm saying. Gotcha. We are on the prime timeline. Prime. Okay. So prime, that means the planet Vulcan's still there and all that good stuff.
1: Yep. Prime timeline means Vulcan's there. Romulus and Remus are gone. Okay. The Calvin timeline. They're both uh, gone. No. Well, it's a hundred years before. So Romulus and Remus are still there. It's a hundred years before the supernova. But Vulcan is now gone.
0: But I thought Romulus was gone, because too. No. okay, Because they're 100 years before the supernova in the Kelvin got timeline. Got it. Got it. Got it. I see. Because I, I understand. Got it. Boy, man. Sometimes these time breaks get a little screwy. Sci-fi,
1: man. Sci-fi.
0: For sure.
1: <laughs> Which was funny because there was a scene in there where Picard uh, says, I, I just could never get into sci-fi.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Um I, I do like when he walked in. I mean, we're gonna I'm jumping around. I, I tend to do that and I, I apologize for, the, That's fine. for our listeners. I did like when he goes into Starfleet and just expects to be known the kid's like uh name. He's like, Oh
1: <laughs> That was an awesome foreshadowing of his hubris that occurred just a few minutes later. Right.
0: And but he was nice about it. He didn't say you know who I am. He was like oh, he was very very nice about it. Uh, but, uh, but I mean okay so he's trying to he's trying to get a ship to go investigate to find Data's sister number two and I, and I forget her name of the character. So apologies to all of our listeners. I you know for some reason I have a very hard time with Star Trek character names and not so much with Star Wars names. I don't know what that means, but just do. They just more complicated I think. Well I don't I don't know if it's more complicated, but
1: I mean Star Wars has some weird names like Bosk and Doctor something whatever and
0: Right. But those aren't kids. Yeah, they got plenty of goofy names too. Absolutely. but Star, Wars, okay. a so, Star Trek
1: is Come
0: on. Right. So they've got now now You've got this ship thing. No, no, first of all, I should say, going back to the beginning, of the episode was really cool of showing all the the synthetics and how they turned in this one area, and just it was kind of the setting the the tone as to how it got there in the first place, of how you know the synthetics have um, the uh, the attack on Mars and all that stuff. So it was it was, it was clearly it, obvious. That someone hacked Exactly. That is. And that's the and this is the the gist of the series. It's gonna be finding out this mystery of who did it. Now we know we think that, you know, maybe Starfleet had a hand in it. We think that the Romulans have a hand in it, obviously. Um Again, I don't know if Starfleet had a hand in it, but People double of Starfleet. agents within Starfleet. Yeah. 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 Double agents. At least at a, a level higher than, you know, the person that's cleaning the building. Right?
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely looks like that Commodore is compromised. Correct. She's uh, a compromised Commodore.
0: Exactly. Um, but that's going to be the gist of this series and him tr- the, 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 the him tracking who, what, and where. Um, and, it, and it's clearly going to go back to his decision to help Romulans, right? Like, this is some flat out Big time racist. I guess I'm going to assume. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Or a very ultra conservative, or some weird thing like that. I'm sure it'll have some kind of play. On
1: there that. were some cool things um, because you know you mentioned the racism and all that, and really the Romulan Star Empire was known for being very isolationist for a long time. Very uh xenophobic. It was Romulans right. and Romulans only. Even even the other species that they subjugated on Remus, the Remans, mm-hmm. were basically reduced to slaves and brute force labor and soldiers. Um, the Remans, who you saw in Star Trek Nemesis, right. So, but I mean, other than them, really, all you ever saw were Romulans as part of the Empire. And then I don't know if you caught it, but when uh, uh, you know Data's, Data's daughter, the Doctor, was getting ready to go work on the the artifact, the the cube that has been reclaimed by the Romulans. Yep. If you noticed, over the loudspeaker, they didn't call it the Romulan um, Star Empire. No. They called it Romulan Free Space. Or Free State. Sorry, the Romulan Free State. So, does that mean that since the supernova that the Empire has fallen apart and now what has taken place is the Romulan Free State? Or does the Romulan Free State just apply to that cube?
0: Yeah, and I don't know how big those things are. They're massive. I mean, they hold thousands and thousands of people. And they had a ton of... um... Borg, post. What what would you call them now? They're not Borg, but they've been emancipated Borg, or they, something. They, exactly, we'll go that. Emancipated, that works. So I mean, you can see stuff was like people had scars with without the machinery to their face, and had, I mean, there's you know, it was interesting take, and you, you wonder if they're working together or are they slaves to the Romulan? I couldn't tell. Maybe you can. Well, we saw so the
1: woman that. You know, so there was a, I'm sorry, she was a, a black woman, but she, I believe she was a trill, um, if I remember correctly. Um, she was there, and she made a note that you know she was supposed to start months ago, but her, you know, immigration papers or something were withheld for six, was it six months? Mm-hmm. And then suddenly they let her on board. So again, the Romulans are like have traditionally been very xenophobic, but as we saw, all the different people and races working there. It's quite a mix. Yes, the Romulans are clearly in charge. Right. But there were, you know, a half dozen different species that we saw working on that ship. So it opens up a lot of questions that I think we'll, we'll see solved or at least answered somewhere within the series. But already it's very, as a long-time Trekkie, it's very interesting to me to see a different take on Romulans.
0: So, it's interesting. And I don't know enough to have a take, I'll be quite honest with you.
1: Well, and another thing I want to throw out there that I really liked. So, similar in that same scene where, you know, the doctors are helping each other and they're getting ready and they're going into the facility. There was a sign. Did you catch it? No. There was a I- sign hanging there as they were they were coming in and the guards were there kind of overlooking them. It said... Um. <laughs> it was number of days since last oh, assimilation.
0: Yeah. Four thousand, I did see that sign. Okay, yeah.
1: 5,843 yeah. days. I did see that. <laughs> yeah. I did see that. This facility has gone 5,843 days without an assimilation. Yeah. That was hilarious.
0: It was. I did see that. But um, it's also a clue. It's important. Yeah. You know what my. my I have to watch the show even closer, but I don't have the history you have, so I don't know what to look for. If it was Star Wars, I can tell you everything. But So I, no. I, I saw things. that I did catch my eye, and I did laugh. I thought that was funny, but I had not you know. I don't know
1: that. You don't need to know anything to know much about... You don't have to know the whole lore of Star Trek, but to realize that's important, and here's why. Because just within the show, we've learned, you know, Picard was interviewed on the 10th anniversary of... The synthetic's attack, right?
0: right? Right.
1: And shortly after the synthetic attack is when Romulan was destroyed by the supernova because obviously the fleet was destroyed, so Picard could not bring that fleet to go rescue. Correct. So that's within ten years too. Well, if we know this this artifact, they call it the artifact, the Borg Cube that they've reclaimed. Right. Five thousand eight hundred forty three days is about sixteen years. So that's right about the same so time as we that know
0: now. happened then?
1: No. Well before. Six years before. Okay. What that means yet, I don't know. But we do know that the cube exists and it was reclaimed by the Romulans well before the destruction of Romulus. Like years before. Possibly six years before. So... I think that gives us some some clues as to the direction of the show, and I have theories on that. But I don't want to. I don't want to just keep yammering. No.
0: So I mean, uh, hey, what the, else did you like? No, this is you know, hey, listen. When it comes to Star Trek, you're going to talk a lot more than I am because I just don't know it. And I think, you know, you raise a really good point. I guess if from that type of evidence, so to speak, I would think that okay, well, the Romulans had a part in their own demise. A faction of maybe there was a civil war or something, and they wanted to. Uh, do something. I don't know. Well, I'm not going to say you're wrong,
1: but 16 years ago would have been shortly thereafter Nemesis. And there may have been a Civil War. There's some kind of fracturing within the Empire because they laid groundwork for that already in Next Generation because there was Spock, Ambassador Spock, who was trying to Um, was was in favor of reunification and he was working with a group of Romulans that were sympathetic to that. And he was actually on Romulus for a long time Mm -hmm. in hiding, working in the shadows or in the caves, literally. So they've already established that, yeah, Romulus was controlled and ruled with an iron fist, but there were already... Stress fractures within the empire. Now, this was exacerbated in Nemesis, which you've right. seen. First off, the Remans kind of took over and installed their praetor, Shinzon. But before they did that, you got to remember, they also assassinated the vast majority of the Romulan Senate. So, cool. we don't know mm. exactly what happened after Nemesis. But we do know that there was an extreme power vacuum and that Shinzon, who had seized power with the Remans, was no longer there. He was dead. But also, the vast majority, if not all, of the Senate had been assassinated. So who's going to rule the Empire now? We'll find out. So you might be right. There may have been some kind of civil war,
0: some kind of restructuring within Romulus, right? Well, I mean, that's where the evidence points. It looks like like that but there also could be somebody inside of starfleet that wants that too that's working with the romulan i mean i would assume that there's going to be some kind of spearhead into that you may see a different oh yeah you oh, may yeah. see a different starfleet at the end of picard you know
1: hmm. i don't know if i'm okay with i don't want to, i don't want starfleet to always be dark i
0: know i mean starfleet is supposed I to be re- a reborn a reborn right. starfleet I think you're going to see dark times through this, but when it when the series ends, whatever that is, you may see another return to the values, I guess, of what Starfleet stood for, I'm guessing. I'd be good with that.
1: But let me throw something else at you. So they've established that the Zot were super, super, super anti-synthetic, anti-artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. right? Well, I'm going to I'm going to throw out some of my Star Trek knowledge and this is not necessarily stuff you would know. But the way they set it up, I don't know if you know this, but the galaxy in Star Trek is segmented into quadrants. And the majority of the Federation is in the Alpha Quadrant, okay? Okay. Um as well as the majority, a good section of the Klingon Empire is also in the Alpha Quadrant. Though technically its capital, its homeworld, uh, Kronos, is in the Beta Quadrant. Okay, Because really the Federation exists right on the edge of the border between the Alpha Quadrant and the Beta. But it's fully Alpha Quadrant. Then, think of a triangle. You have the Federation here, and on the other side mostly in the Alpha quadrant but a little bit in the beta quadrant is the the Klingon Empire and then if you're if you're looking at a map of the galaxy to the um northeast of both of them is the romulan Empire star Empire which is almost entirely in the beta quadrant now maybe I should link to this or or put something on our uh, website yeah but if you've ever seen a map of the galaxy according to Star Trek um, I have not. The the Delta, Okay. Well, the Delta Quadrant was big in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. As well as um, Voyager. In Star Trek Voyager, they got thrown way over into the far edge of the Delta Quadrant. And the whole show is about them trying to get back.
0: Okay.
1: Now, they encounter the Borg in the Delta Quadrant. Um, because that's where the Borg come from. In fact, we know that from when when our next generation, Picard encountered the uh, the Borg because of Q. Mm-hmm. He threw them into the the Delta Quadrant just long enough for the Borg to see them, and then threw them back and but just enough so the Borg knew that there was a race or another species they'd want to uh, constantly Right? No, exactly. Which led the Borg heading in their direction, and eventually we saw them a few years later show up in the Alpha Quadrant. Now, right. Sorry for all the backstory and exposition, but as a Star Trek geek, I know that when the Voyager encountered the Borg in the Delta Quadrant, they came upon basically this transwarp area where the um, the Borg... Basically, think of them as transwarp tubes or wormholes or whatever, where the Borg controlled them and could easily um, travel from the Delta Quadrant Close to the Alpha Quadrant, they dropped them off basically in a section of the Beta Quadrant. It was basically an infra um, a transwarp superhighway. Think of it that the the Borg used to travel from, from Delta to Beta. If you look at these maps, and I, again, I'll I should probably link to them from our yeah, site. do it. I mean, you, you, give us, you us the links. We'll maps. let
0: the listeners check it out if they want to.
1: Okay, so if you look at the maps, where the transwarp corridor is for the Borg. It's right at the cusp of Romulan space. So, again, I don't know anything. I'm not a writer on the show. But I think, and this is my guess, only two episodes in, I think sometime hundreds of years ago, if not longer, the Romulans, while exploring their empire and seclo- sec- Yeah, I can't speak. While exploring the frontier near their empire and pushing away in the opposite of the Federation, exploring unknown space... I think they somehow encountered the Borg and got their asses handed to them. And this has, that created the whole Zat Vash and the anti-synthetic anti-AI. Like we will never do that because we don't want to be assimilated. Now I'm not saying that they got totally overwhelmed by the Borg, but there was some encounter, Mm -hmm. something that happened hundreds of years ago that scared the living shit out of the Romulan empire and that's why they are that way. This is my guess based on what I know about Star Trek,
0: but I could be proven completely wrong. But that's my theory. At this I, I think that's a good, a really good theory. I mean, it seems like a smart play, like something bad happens. It's, it's not unlike, you know, when I had a, a Windows PC once and it was very, very bad and bad experience. And I've went back to Mac, so... <laughs> it's kind of the same idea. If you, run, if you don't want to repeat it, you'd rather have a technology that works and that kind of thing. So, that's
1: funny.
0: No, but I, well, it's, so I know you're making a joke, and it's kind it is a it joke. Thing. But it, it yeah, but I mean, I mean, I do. I think you have a good, a really good theory. I mean, it, it's pretty tough to argue that. I mean, or a few of Romulans have been assimilated and put back into the and created the actual enemy. You know. Because they need to create it. From what I understand, Romulas, Romulans had to be created because their Klingons weren't enemies anymore. So they needed some kind of common enemy too. Otherwise, you have no conflict. The show's over other than, you know, you have to have problems. Otherwise, right. there's no, you know, no show.
1: So. Yep. And this isn't necessarily, I mean, like I said, we already know that Seven of Nine is going to show up. Who She was a Borg. Yep. We know he was going to show up. He was a Borg. And so far we've seen that the story is dealing with synthetics and Romulans.
0: Again, it's all circumstantial at this point, but I think I think that's where the story is. So, that's so let me ask you this. Are you happy with the show so far? Are you, uh, you uh, To me, I think it's getting better. Is it living up to what maybe you built up as a Star Trek fan, or is it uh, just still kind of, you know, not there yet for you?
1: I wouldn't say meh. I mean, I, uh, you know, there's a there was a lot of exposition in the first episode and I was fine with that because they're they're setting up a lot of stuff.
0: And there is gonna be a season two, the by the way. They've announced a season two, so Picard's not Oh, that was another thing too in this episode that uh, reminds me his doctor came back and it made it sound like he is dying. Something's happening to Picard that, that's not well, that healthy. He definitely has some kind of potentially
1: terminal brain disease. Right. possibly Possibly. it may not be anything it could be something yes i think yeah i think it's some kind of futuristic you know what's the word i'm looking for dementia or something is coming along Mm -hmm. that leads to death correct so i would not be surprised if however many seasons they decide to go we see the end literal end of Jean-Luc
0: Picard. I think that's how the series ends, right? Or, or yep, I think that's where it had to end or, at this or, point. I mean, they're dropping, they're dropping the breadcrumbs. They're dropping the breadcrumbs or it leads to one last movie. Who the heck knows?
1: Well, now you've got my interest because I would love to see another next-gen movie.
0: Well, it won't be a next-gen movie. <laughs> well, maybe not. It'll all... be a Picard ending with maybe probably some next-gen people and you know that kind of stuff going on. It would be interesting to see if you know he passes the baton to somebody as well, you know if they do the Luke to Ray thing with Picard to somebody. Maybe it's Data's daughter or something. Data's daughter. Sorry, you can't say Data. It's Data. You know,
1: side note, real quick. Data is the very is a very British way of saying that word, and it's it's a fair so fair pronunciation. It's allowed. But there's an interesting real quick side note that that people in the U.S. up through the late 80s predominantly said data.
0: Yeah, I still do. So,
1: <laughs> Right, and a lot of people did, but it's shifted since the late 80s, and they attribute it to this show.
0: Wow. TV dist- destroying uh, the... the- Vocabulary. Well,
1: because Picard is British. I mean, okay, you know, Jean-Luc Picard isn't British. Obviously, he's French. But Patrick Stewart is British, so he says it, data. So now, most people in the U.S. now have shifted. I mean, usually, people younger they know it's data, not data, right? So, little tidbit, That's I thought cool. it was interesting.
0: So, anything you didn't like on this episode? I mean, I there wasn't anything I didn't like. I don't because I guess I'm just not um i mean i i yeah there's nothing i didn't like i'm, I'm waiting for the episode you know to, to really kick in and he gets a crew and so a little more action starts to happen i think um yeah um of course there's something i didn't like i always have something right of course <laughs> well i mean that would be my thing is that i don't know if there's enough action for me yet you know so if we like in this let's let's parallel this with the mandalorian right episode one was a very kind of a calm episode. There wasn't a lot that happened. It was happening in the first few minutes. Then at the end of episode one, there was the shootout, that, which was a lot, and they got Baby Yoda. Uh, but episode two was the Jawa thing, right? When he flies back and tries to get out, and that, that episode blew me away. Blew everybody away. It got everybody really into The Mandalorian, right? One, two, and three. Agreed. So, The beats here, now granted those were only 30 minutes long, yet they seemed longer when you watched them, even though they are only 30 minutes. They, these are truly basically the 49 minute episodes that you would get on television sans commercials. And I'm not sure this, I would say this episode two didn't necessarily propel me like like Mandalorian did, but it did pique my interest of the show more. Like, I want to watch. But I didn't get... Yeah, I definitely want to watch more. But you're right, there hasn't been
1: and this is, it really kind of highlights the difference between Star Wars and Star Trek. Star Wars is more action-based, just by its nature. Right. There aren't a lot of, I mean, there are, but Star Wars is more action than thinking and pondering. Yep. Whereas Star Trek usually, because because of the nature of the fact of that most Star Trek, I mean, when you consider all the hours and hours of TV, that it's, you know, most Star Trek is TV. Right. And they've got the time to do more insightful episodes. So this just fits with that. But I would like a little bit more action at some point. Yeah, it's got to start kicking in a little bit. Now, but for the. Th- okay, so I'm going to be pedantic again when it comes to what I didn't like. So when Picard walks into Starfleet, he looks up and he sees the massive hologram. And at first, it's the Enterprise. Mm -hmm. At least, I assume it's the Enterprise. It's obviously a Constitution class ship and the old school with the radar dish and the round nacelles. Right. You know, so if it's the Enterprise, it's the original Enterprise, not the refit and definitely not the A. That was cool. But then it flips to a Galaxy class vessel. I'm assuming it was the Enterprise D. I mean, because that was Picard's ship. Here's why that bothers me. In the first episode, when he's playing cards, he's on the Enterprise D. Why do they keep showing the D when the last ship both he and Data were on, and the last ship that Picard commanded, for more than a couple years, at least, and probably commanded after Nemesis, because yes, the Enterprise E was damaged, but of course they're going to fix it. It was the flagship of the fleet why why are they cutting the E out of Picard's history?
0: I, I have no answers for you there. That's, that's what bothers yeah, me. Those are so tight that I wouldn't oh, no, would ever get that. But
1: that's the thing. So, I mean, yes, I understand that he commanded the D for at least seven-ish years, if not more, when you consider that the D was destroyed in generation. So I'll give it eight, nine. I'll even give it ten years. So the ship was around for a while, but it got destroyed. But then I want to say in Nemesis, um, he had been in command of the um, E for at least a couple years at this point. Hmm. Anyway, and that's the ship data was on when he sacrificed himself to save everyone. So I, 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 and this is maybe it's a personal thing just because for me personally, The Enterprise-E is my favorite of the Enterprise ships. But I just don't get why they're cutting it out. And again, it's a small thing. For most people, when they think of Star Trek, they think of the uniforms we're seeing right now. They think of the Enterprise-D, because not everyone watched the original series. More people recently have probably watched Next Generation and are familiar with that ship. So maybe it's pure marketing and that's why they're doing it. But as a long-term Star Trek fan, it bothers me that they're pretty much omitting the Enterprise E from things because that's my thing.
0: That's why I didn't like. Gotcha. Well, that's a good wrap up of uh, episode two. Uh, episode three is going to happen on Thursday, and we'll probably talk a little bit about that on the next episode. Really quick though, before we go, Michael, does Joker win anything at the Oscars? That happens this Sunday. Oh, is it really this I Sunday? So, yeah.
1: Oh shit, we still need to do an Oscar episode. Well, well yeah. let's real quick I know we're almost done with our episode, but it's been nominated one between the Joker and Joaquin. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, A lot. Right. Long story short, um out of ten Oscars, I have to believe I, I'm gonna go out and say that Joaquin wins best actor.
0: Yeah, I think he's gonna win best actor. I think you might get Oh boy! The original score was, the, the, the score was great. I don't think it gets best Picture. was great. I don't think I don't think it'll get uh, best picture because I just don't think they'll give it to a comic book movie. Although Lord of the Rings did win, I believe one year. Um, I
1: I wouldn't be surprised if Joaquin gets best actor, mm-hmm. and um, maybe they might throw him a bone with best cinematography, but I don't think he gets best director. I don't... Because th- the reason I don't think it gets Best Director or Best Film is because it's too derivative. Well... It, it borrows I mean, too much that from, it'll be it best from screenplay, much better films.
0: Because it's derivative. Everything on there is well, derivative. No. Come on. The whole friggin' Once Upon a Time of Hollywood is one derivative piece of garbage.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> I haven't seen it, so I can't terrible. speak to it. I wouldn't... So, I wouldn't be surprised if, like I said, Joaquin gets best. Um, I'm going to go. Joaquin gets best actor. Uh, I'm going to go. Joker gets best cinematography, possibly,
0: and then I think 100. I think it gets best adapted. And polite. possibly, possibly, score. The score is really, really
1: good. Yeah, that score is pretty damn good. I and mean, it made that, you feel uneasy. That is, I'll, I'll the give it that. Time. And they might, they might win something else, like one of the throwaways, which okay maybe other people don't call them. I'm sure the people in the profession don't consider them throwaways but like sound editing or sound mm-hmm. mixing I can see it when it's something like that mm.
0: usually um, they go it will be 1917 I think for all those anyways so I think 1917 uh, would yeah, be a big yeah. film I need to see that by the way I haven't seen it but everybody I've, I've talked to said it's just an amazing thing to watch on the big screen so that is something I have to get um, I'd
1: like to see Avengers um, Endgame get best visual effects yeah
0: John Williams is up for Star Wars for the Rise of Skywalker for original score as well. No. The score wasn't bad. But it won't it shouldn't win. I mean
1: No, they're better. better no, no. If we're gonna talk score, then yes, I would as much as I love Star Wars I would I would go with Joker. Yeah, could be good. I'm sorry, the Hilder Hilder Goodna Daughter or whatever her name. Oh she's amazing, so yeah, I would give it to that. Any
0: day a week. Yeah. Visual effects, it's either 1917 or The Lion King, since the whole thing was a visual effect. Yeah. Oh, I'm just saying. 1917, I don't have a problem with, but not Lion well, the King. The effects were good. No. I'm not saying the movie was good. The effects were good. <laughs> right. I mean, you yeah. know what I mean? Like. It's a beautiful turd. <laughs> exactly. Anywho, we'll, maybe we'll <laughs> talk a little Oscars <laughs> next Tuesday, throw that in there, and we'll... See what happens with Joker. You can catch our Joker podcast if you want to find out what we thought of the movie. It happens to be one of our most popular podcasts. I know Michael and I disagree on that film, and that's probably a good one to listen to. We're not going to tell you about our disagreement now because the podcast is ending. We thank you all for listening. If you really want to help out the show, please share this podcast with your friends. We don't... make any money on this we don't, you know we just want to make sure that we can grow so please share the podcast you can listen to us on apple Podcasts, google spotify pocket casts iheart we're pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts so uh give it a listen and share it with one of your friends and michael where can they find us on social you can find us on instagram You can find us on Twitter and
1: find us on Facebook. Just look for KyberCast or The KyberCast. We're on all three, and we update all three with new episodes, which uh, either, well, by the time you're listening to this, you already know it's out there. Exactly.
0: Thanks again for listening, everybody. We will see you next Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on when you get up to listen to podcasts. We'll see you. I have spoken. What a piece of junk.